Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In the U.S. Senate, there was a hearing to certify the new NORAD commander, North American Air Defense Commander, American General. And as that was going on, Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska took a real run at Mr. Trudeau and about and at Canada for our lack of spending, appropriate and necessary, and agreed to spending toward both NATO and uh, and NORAD. Have a just have a listen to Senator Sullivan as he's speaking with Lieutenant, or they say in the United States, Lieutenant General Gregory Guillo, I guess that's how he pronounce it, and and telling the general that it's time to confront his Canadian counterparts on the issue of spending. Listen to this. I do want to mention, and it's you know not always polite, but I'm going to do it here anyways. The Wall Street Journal on July 12th had an editorial entitled "Canada is a military free rider in NATO." Mr. Chairman, I'd like to submit that for the record. And it goes on to talk about Ottawa's feeble commitment to the alliance at the Vilnius summit. Uh, They should have been put at the kids' table. I was actually at the Vilnius summit last week in NATO. Canada is not even close to its 2% commitment. And it was common knowledge that Prime Minister Trudeau was trying to water down the Vilnius commitment to 2% as a floor. All of which is incredibly disappointing. I hope the Canadians are watching your confirmation hearing. Uh, General, you'll be working closely with Canada if confirmed. Can you commit to this committee that you can have discussions with the Canadians and say, hey, look, when you're not supporting NATO, when you're not supporting missile defense for North America, it's actually harmful to the alliance. Americans get frustrated when our allies don't pull their weight And with regard to NATO, Canada is not even close to pulling its weight. Can you commit to us to have those tough conversations, but important with your Canadian counterparts? Yes, Senator, you can count on me to do that. Thank you. That's really important. So that's the Alaskan Senator, Dan Sullivan, speaking to the new commander or incoming commander for for NORAD. Dr. Christian Liprecht joins us, Queen's University and Royal Military College, international security expert, fellow at the NATO College in Rome. And uh, his most recent book is Security, Cooperation, Governance, published by University of Michigan Press. Christian, those are, those are strong words from the center, not uh, unexpected. And, and NATO and uh, NORAD, particularly NATO members, have been increasingly critical of Canada's lack of spending. What do you make of that? How do you interpret that? What, what are you hearing? So I think Senator Sullivan's comments are not to be taken lightly. He's not a radical. He's a very well-informed individual, moderate in terms of sort of Republican views these days, somebody who knows the defense file very well. And of course, the defense file is a very key file uh, when you're in Alaska. He was recently a champion for the Ted Stevens Center on Arctic uh, Security Studies, which is the first regional study center for the U.S. military in decades. Um, he understands the Arctic. He understands climate change. He understands that the world is a challenging, tough, and dangerous place. And as he points out, he understands the alliance. He regularly attends alliance uh, meetings. Um, and I think it's... Uh, 
Uh, on the one hand, I think he understands that NORAD is a way to have leverage. The NORAD commander gets invited to Ottawa. He'll probably get an invite to the CDA-CDI conference in February to give a keynote. Uh, the deputy commander of NORAD was very clear before the Defence Committee um, about the significant spending and uh, defence challenges that Arctic security is facing. So he understands that NORAD is a way to have leverage over Canada outside of NATO. But I think he's also making a very sending a very important signal that Canada always thinks like you know the the can is this integral part of NATO and can is this integral part of NORAD and I think what he's the signaling here is the Americans can do it alone they don't need the Canadians to play that it's up to the Canadians to decide whether they want to have leverage and what he's signaling is that clearly Prime Minister Trudeau did not get what he wanted in terms of watering down the uh, the commitment in terms of the final communique so um, if you want to get uh, if you if you want to get your way, it, you need more than just a seat at the table. You need to have uh, the ability to have clout at that table. And he's signaling that the prime minister did not have clout, or at least did not have the clout uh, that uh, that he had hoped to have. And he's also signaling that look, NORAD in Ottawa is always the sense that the Americans need Canada to defend the continent, and uh, and 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 that NORAD is sort of integral in terms of the binational and bilateral partnership with Canada. And what he's signaling is that it's not. If the Canadians don't invest, the Americans will just do it on their own. But it also shows the importance of alliances, um, both in terms of NATO as well as the functional arrangements that the U.S. have um, uh, in terms of NORAD, that these are also ways for the Americans to hurt the kittens. It's a way to have leverage over your allies. Um, and so uh, it shows that Canada, to some extent, is also still important to the Americans because uh, kicking them out or sort of marginalizing them uh, in these arrangements then reduces U.S. leverage over key allies such as Canada. So there was an interesting news story that followed uh, Senator Sullivan on Global News. Trudeau defends Canada's military spending against U.S. Senator Scolding. And Mr. Trudeau started talking about all the spending that's being done and all the plans to spend going forward. What do you make of that? And does that resonate at all, not, not only with the Americans, but with our NATO partners? So it's often said that there's three C's, uh, capabilities, commitments, and cash when it comes to defense. And the Canadians have said for years, don't worry about the cash. We've got the capabilities. We're making the commitments. That story worked during Afghanistan, but it hasn't worked since uh, the drawdown in Afghanistan. And um, when I was in D.C. in 2020, every time the cash issue came up about uh, the the their, their approach from the Americans was, you know, Christian, the Canadians need to stop talking about capabilities and commitments. They need to actually spend because they don't have the ability to have the capabilities that are required for the commitments of today. And that, of course, was long before uh, the Russian aggression towards the new version of the Russian aggression towards Ukraine. Um, and so I think what uh, what we see here is the prime minister understands what the narrative is that allies and in particular Washington wants to hear. The problem, of course, here is, I think, in terms of the cash, that clearly the Americans are saying, whatever you're spending, it is nowhere near enough to get you to where we need you to be as a reliable partner and ally. 
And that, I think, has two important consequences. One is the Americans need the Canadians on a number of key files. I sometimes joke in Washington that the Canadian Armed Forces are the Americans' favorite foreign policy tool. And that's because there are many things in the world where the Americans have difficulty to get things done with countries that are hostile towards the Americans, but that are willing to work with the Canadians. And what we do in Southern Command, our frigate there in terms of the drug interdiction mission, for instance, is one key, uh, one key example. So Canada not spending... Uh, reduces significantly some of the ability for the U.S. in a difficult environment, think of Francophone Africa, for instance, to have the leverage that the Americans uh, that the Americans are ultimately looking for. It also, of course, reduces Canadian leverage on things like trade, softwood lumber, these types of disputes. What Senator Sullivan is signaling that his door is probably not going to be open. Uh, when the Canadian ambassador, Canadian minister comes calling about, can you do something for us on, uh, you know, watering down by American provisions or so, as the Americans often do to make sure that Canada is uh, is included. Um, and so don't expect us to curry any favor uh, for us, me as an, as an Alaskan U.S. senator, if you guys aren't going to pony up. So, Christian, how, how are we doing? I look again at this uh, global news story, Trudeau Defense Canada's military spending against U.S. senators scolding, story by Aaron uh, D'Andrea from uh, Global News. And uh, he writes, in regards to NORAD, Ottawa has pledged around $40 billion to modernize the U.S.-Canada Continental Defense Organization, along with billions on purchasing F-35 fighter jets and building new naval ships. You know, this is like saying, well, yeah, you know, when Christmas rolls around, there's going to be something nice under the tree for you. I, I, if the tree's been bare Christmas after Christmas, I'm going to have a hard time believing that Santa's really coming. Is that how the, I mean, how do you assess what we're doing, how well we're doing? And again, let me come back to how our allies view us. I think much of what you hear from the prime minister is largely performative for domestic audiences. And I think our allies understand that and it expresses uh, allied frustration. Yes, the prime minister likes to announce lots of money. The reality is much of that money is not actually new money. It's money that had been previously announced. It's money that's reprofiled or it's money that's already in the defense budget to be spent. Um, and so, you know, we always need to distinguish between sort of new investments that were actually making, then think about that it costs about 10 times as much to do anything in the North than it does in the rest of Canada. So $40 billion actually becomes more like $4 billion if you build it in the South. And you can see that $4 billion in defense uh, doesn't actually go all that far. Uh, the I think you know, what we have here is a prime minister and I think also his chief of staff who understand that they're, they're very political as people. They're, they're fighters, they're political warriors. They know that defense is not going to get them any votes. They know they're down in the polls and they know that the priorities for Canadians in the polls are costs of living, are issues of public safety, our health care. Defense doesn't even rank in the top 15. And so I think what they're trying to capitalize on, look, we're not going to win any votes with defense, but um, they risk losing votes uh, because it's controversial among that core liberal vote that is left, in particular, sort of some of the core voters in uh, downtown Toronto, uh, Montreal and Vancouver ridings. And so I think they've just simply decided that 
for pure political survival, this is not a file that they're going to invest in heavily. And so they're going to try to muddle through the way previous governments have. The problem, of course, is the prime minister has now made a commitment to Latvia in terms of the uh, brigade size strength that is basically equivalent to the sort of commitment that we had made to Afghanistan, 2,200 troops. Uh, but the problem is we have, of course, less equipment. We have older equipment. We have fewer people. And if you look in terms of real, uh, in terms of the real budget, we actually have less of a defense budget than we had at the time. And so it's not clear to me where those 2,200 troops will come from because the Afghanistan mission almost broke this organization at a time when this organization was still comparatively much better off. And of course, we don't have the equipment for that mission. We're missing some of the key artillery, we're missing anti-missile capability, we're missing anti-drone capability, all of which the government has said that, yes, it will purchase. But uh, what we understand is that these purchases were stripped out of the memorandum to cabinet when the government made this announcement. Uh, and so it made the announcement without also committing to the purchases. The government says that this will become part of a more coherent spending package as parts of the defense policy update, but now there's some rumors that perhaps the defense policy update won't even happen. Uh, so the silver lining is that Minister Nan being moved to the Treasury Board, that perhaps the Prime Minister does have uh, a serious commitment to defense in terms of spending that is forthcoming and is putting her in that portfolio because she's proven her medal on procurement during the pandemic and she's proven her medal uh, on defense. But I think there's a majority of cabinet ministers that simply aren't interested in spending on defense. Uh, they have other priorities. And I think my sense is that's perhaps where Minister Nand wanted to get moved because she had a hard time uh, getting done, getting the things over the line that she thought uh, needed to be done. And I think with the cabinet shuffle, uh, the prime minister is signaling that uh, perhaps defense isn't really going to be a priority uh, with that new, uh, with the new cabinet either. Uh, so uh, um, we can hope that there's a silver lining in here that uh, people who are paid much better and have much more seniority than you and I uh, have visibility on, but I'm not confident. So we have uh, about 30 seconds. If you were to rate this country's military capability, not the men and the women, the 63,000 people in the uh, CAF, but the capability militarily to defend this nation without the Americans backing us on a scale of 1 to 10, where are we? Um, we know that the chief defense staff had made it clear that reconstitution needs to be the priority for this organization, rebuilding the organization, that we have to stop focusing so much on operations and on sustainment, and we need to rebuild. And what we hear from the prime minister, it's more on operations and no focus on the reconstitution sustainment piece. And I think that says you a lot about the, uh, um, the, the disparity okay. between uh, where the military believes it needs to be in terms of operations and where the political authority uh, is deploying the assets that okay. it has left in the Canadian Armed Forces. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.